Yo, yo, yo. How's everybody doing out there? Steven Ignoramus here. What's happening? Welcome to Call Me Ignorant. It is 12 o'clock p.m., May the 7th, 2019. So please, you could all be with us. Call Me Ignorant is a live conversation show where guests and I will get to do some talking, and I'll also let the internet do some of the speaking as well. Whether with an interesting content creator, an expert in a field, or a chance for fans to call in, Call Me Ignorant will try to solve the problems of the world, conversationally speaking. We are streaming right now to YouTube, Twitch, Periscope, Mixer, DLive, and Picarto by looking for Steven Ignoramus. If you can't catch the show live, you can find it after the fact on the above-mentioned platforms, also on BitChute. You can find me on Twitter at IgnoramusSteve, or you can send me an email at StephenIgnoramus at gmail.com. Topic ideas, possible guests for the show, and things I can look up are mucho apreciado. Also active today will be on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm pretty excited for that. My guest tonight is John from the, from the Generational Gap. He is a podcaster, a YouTuber, a promoter of healthy debate, if you will. Uh, the about section of their YouTube channel says the generational gap is a meeting of two minds, one a, re- a reactionary Gen Xer while the other is a millennial. We don't always agree, but at least we're talking. John is the referenced b- millennial. I have appeared on his on his show live three times, I think, one being a uh, part of a 12-hour live stream for charity, which included a Second Amendment debate as the main event. John is a friend and a peer of mine in this content crea- creation space. How's it going, brother? Oh, fantastic as always. How you doing, Stephen? Good, man. Good, good. All so, right. yeah. So, the, I kind of the first thing that uh, I just want to touch on real fast is that uh, is your thoughts on that twelve-hour live stream. How'd you like that, man? Oh, it was so much fun. Uh, it was also like way easier than I thought it was going to be. I really thought we were going to struggle through, especially like the last couple hours. But no, I mean, having like you and uh, Jay Edgar on, you know, made it a lot easier. Yeah, we were just kind of chilling. Right. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. you guys did like two hour blocks and took a little break, right? That was right. kind of the plan. Cool. Yeah. Yep, have, yep. have a smoke, take a piss, all that shit. Right. Yeah. Right. And it was also easier to digest later on if someone wanted to watch the streams, you know, later on. It's easier to digest oh, yeah. than to have, you know, <laughs> one full 12 hour stream. Dude. Yeah. That was, what was your favorite part? Oh, man. Uh, probably the very last bit. It was just uh, it was it was me, you, Jay Edgar, uh, Robert, Jake, obviously, yeah, Jake, and yeah. uh, Jake from yeah. Freedom Scoop. Yeah, he's a good guy too. Yeah, we were just kind of was shooting the shit at the end. All right, so that was nice. Cool. I mean, since you mentioned shooting the shit, I, I was going to ask this later, but um, you guys run your normal show on Friday nights, and you also have uh, a shooting the shit uh, aspect of it on Monday nights, correct? Yes. Yeah. At about uh, nine p.m. Uh, Eastern. Yeah. So did, when did did those start at the same time, or did they? Um, did you do the show a while before you launched that? Uh, it, it's a funny story, actually, because when we were first uh, learning how to use OBS and learning how to stream properly, we would do these uh, test streams. So we would like kind of stream out and you know work out all the audio issues and things that we were having at the time. And uh, so we would just sit there and just talk to each other. You know, we'd have a couple people in the live chat, you know, a couple friends, and uh, so it was a lot of fun. And so well, we would delete those streams afterwards okay. because, you know, they were full of audio issues and, you know, just all kinds of things that we wouldn't want to put on YouTube. And uh, so we thought of that, you know, that was a lot of fun. So it's a good idea to continue to do that, but as a more like formal thing. Mm. 
And uh, it's also a good break from, you know, thinking about the news all the time or arguing with each other or anything like that. It's just a time, you know, to have some fun, especially with people in the chat. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, I mean, so you guys you guys make um a, a not a set in stone plan for Fridays, but you do just, you know, you see what's going on on Mondays and there's kind of a um I've seen you have guests on both. I, I think I've been a guest on both the Monday and the yep. Friday. Yeah. Cool. And, and yeah, so yeah. do you, I, I don't know, do you, you guys use discord to, um, kind of consolidate everything? I wasn't in on yeah. that when I, when I first did the show <laughs> and you guys like share news articles and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a, uh, a discord server that we run. Um, there's, you know, some fans in there. I, I guess I shouldn't say fans. It's kind of presumptuous, <laughs> but you know, some, <laughs> uh, people from the chat, <laughs> yeah. people who, uh, you know, think we're worth watching, uh, you know, have joined in the discord server so we can talk to, you know, all of our subscribers and stuff in there. And uh, uh, we have a little section for show suggestions. Uh, so if someone finds an article that they want us to talk about, they can throw it in there. And then when we're setting up the show on Fridays, we kind of scroll through there and uh, find kind of the biggest stuff or maybe something funny yeah. uh, that happened, you know, and talk about that on the show. So it's helped us out a lot. So we don't have to sit there and just, you know, try and find something a couple hours before. Yeah, I mean, th that's one thing I've learned uh, pretty quick about, you know, talking to in talking into a mic and uh, doing a show is if you can find one or two funny things to break up mm -hmm. all the long, you know, there's, you know, the, I don't know if there's just four or five different types, but I've encountered four or five different types of news articles. There's like statistically driven ones. There's, you know, uh, rhetoric, uh, rhetoric driven ones and like emotional driven mm -hmm. stuff and you know, there's stuff with politics, foreign events, but if you can find like the one, you know, the Florida man thing and uh, <laughs> the, you know, like person breaks into Walmart, steals a safe, applies for a job a week later, you know, that, that those right. type of articles can <laughs> really do a lot for a show. So you guys do a good job of that. Um, oh, thank you. So how'd you get into politics? Did you talk about this a lot growing up or, you know, what's kind of your road to getting into this space? Um, so yeah, I mean, my, my dad was very, uh, opinionated when it came to politics. Um, but I was never, they were never like pushed onto me. It was okay. more like if I asked a question, I would get a very long, you know, rambling, not rambling, but like a ranting answer, you know, so everything would be explained, you know, very, uh, you know, very, very well. Um, but no, more of what it was like growing up was, uh, kind of my, my my dad taught me very early on about critical thinking mm. and uh you know uh debate as well because he would just constantly ask why mm. especially if i if i had an opinion on something it didn't matter what it was it wasn't always politics or anything it's just whatever it was well why do you think that you know and i was really forced to kind of think everything through uh especially if i wanted something you know if i wanted like a new video game or something you know so why should i get that for you why do you nice. need that you know, That's awesome. and so, yeah. yeah, I really had to learn, you know, how to explain why I needed, you know, something or why I wanted something and why I should have it. Mm -hmm. And so um, I've always been very interested in, especially debate. Uh, I've been very argumentative in the past, um, even to things that, you know, aren't consequential at all. So uh, did, did so, you, did you like, right. uh, did that turn out you getting more video games or being proven why you didn't need as many <laughs> games? Uh, it really depended on <laughs> what it was, uh, how I was doing in school at the time, especially, um, you know, if I had just gotten something new or, you know, it, it depended on a number of variables. Right. 
but uh but yeah no i mean i had a decent collection <laughs> yeah I, yeah, I still do, but I usually use Steam now. I don't have consoles anymore. But cool. uh, did you guys? Did you talk about? Um, I don't know. One of the reasons I ask all my guests this is is because you know the politics and culture didn't get brought up much at the dinner table or and stuff like that. And for me, it was kind of I didn't follow the stuff at all until I was twenty four, twenty three, and then it just mm. hit me in the face in 2012 <laughs> and i was like holy shit i, I gotta start paying attention to this stuff like <laughs> the world might end it might not like right. i, I want to know why so was there a like a, a clear time when you were an adult that you got more into it or was it just kind of a gradual thing that culminated in you starting a show um it was kind of a gradual thing okay. i've always been an avid reader mm -hmm. uh so i read a lot of uh philosophy back in the day and um i picked it up again a couple years ago uh, actually, before we just before we started the show, and uh, so not the the politics, especially modern day politics, didn't always interest me, mm. but the ideas behind them, the the underlying principles that go into the modern day politics is what interested me. So, like what people believe and why they believe them, and mm. how they came to the conclusions that they did, rather than you know just policy and things like that. Yeah, that politics is a weird word because it always it gets that response. I guess what I mean is ideas. Yeah, like because mm -hmm. you know if you think of politics as policy or just politicians, it's it gets stale pretty quick. But if you think about mm -hmm. the ideas, the ethics, the um the history behind it, it's it's never ending. You know, so right. you almost need like a different word, right? That's why I like culture. You know, yeah. It, but when people think culture, they think like Hollywood. You know, but it's, you know, oh, yeah. culture is everything. It's it's everything that informs politics and, you know, what people do with their day. Um, I guess you yeah, absolutely. Th think of culture as just not all non-survival mechanisms of a society. You know, we got to. Yeah, get, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's the, the common ties, uh, mm. you know, in a society. So, I mean, the things that bring you and I together, even though we live in different parts of the country, is culture. Hmm. Right, we have a certain culture. We have certain ideas, um, certain, uh, I guess, customs. You know, like when we, you know, see each other, we say "Hey" yeah. or "Hi." You yeah. know, greeting first. That's that's culture. Hmm. Right. Good point. Yeah. 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 Just yeah, the way that so, you, you, you look looking each other in the eye or or not or you know bowing your right. head in in other cultures and or shaking hands, shaking right. hands. Yeah. Like, yeah, gender roles, you know, like in some cultures, like women just are not to do certain things. Men are not to not do certain things. Yeah. Wow. Right. Yeah, any common tradition, like even if it's very small and seemingly kind of stupid. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, some some uh, aspects of culture are much more subtle than others, mm -hmm. obviously. Yeah. So I so. Tell me about how you guys started the show. I, yeah, I, I know that you obviously you and Robert knew each other before the show. You didn't just meet him on the internet, but how'd that whole thing right. uh, play out? Well, so he's actually uh, the cousin of my roommate, and that's how we met. Was he started coming over the house, you know, uh, kind of often, and uh, you know, he's he's a great person to talk to. Um, as, as I'm sure you've seen uh, watching the show and being on it, you know, he's uh, he's very good at talking for a very long time. Mm. Uh, so uh, we uh, we started getting into uh, debates about you know politics and especially about uh, the Orange Man, um, 
which, which is funny because when we first started talking, I was pretty anti-Trump. I was right. not a fan. Okay. Uh, but I would play devil's advocate. It's one of my favorite things to do mm. is take the other side. And then so I started, you know, uh, I guess kind of pissing him off by uh, <laughs> constantly, you know, saying, oh, this is why Trump is doing what Trump is doing is right. And, you know, this and that. And uh, so we had a lot of fun with that because we were able to have a civil discussion, even if it got heated. And uh, I've wanted to do a podcast for a couple of years now, uh, but never really had the right timing. Uh, I didn't want to do it alone just because I, I work better with another person mm. to go off of. Yeah. Because um, I don't like hearing myself talk, really. Like, I don't even watch my own podcast afterwards because I just can't stand my own voice. Really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to do it, and I didn't really have the money for like microphones and stuff like that at the time that I wanted to. And uh, it eventually, it just kind of all came together when you know I asked him if he wanted to do a show, and uh, he I believe he's done radio in the past, and so you know he was already used to being on the air and talking, and you know uh, just filling the dead air, especially. Uh, so you know he was all about it. And so we got the equipment together and we started the first, I believe, seven episodes were audio only. Oh, okay. We didn't have cameras and we didn't have a permanent location. So we kind of went either over at my place or his place and, you know, set it all up and uh, would record and then just release it. And then uh, I wanted to do live streaming. And then so I got this camera that's up here and uh, he got his camera and we just started live streaming it and uh here we are so you guys do it at your own houses now right you guys aren't at the same location correct right I was like, yeah. yeah it looks totally different yeah okay right. uh, so <laughs> yeah, are yeah. you guys on podcast platforms as well are you or is it just on youtube uh right now we're just on youtube okay uh we're trying to build a little bit of a presence and mm -hmm. then we'll probably jump onto the alternative platforms um i'm usually a holdout when it comes to new anything hmm but uh, especially with like uh, tech platforms, because they're not usually long for the world. So mm. I want to make sure that someone, a uh, platform is uh, stable before I'm going to jump on it. Like I just joined Gab a month ago or so. Wow. Uh, when they put out Dissenter. Yeah. Once they did that, I was like, all right, they're probably going to be around for a little while. And so I joined up. Why don't you, you know, explain I, for everyone what Dissenter is? Oh, Dissenter is amazing. So it's a Chrome extension uh, that you can use. I believe Mozilla Firefox banned it. But, really? Uh, I didn't know Yeah, that. yeah. yeah. Uh, but basically, yeah, you just uh, – anywhere, any page at all, you can comment on on the internet. So if you find, you know, an article from some, uh, you know, news rag – that doesn't allow comments. Yeah, and they disable them all the time. Yeah, if it's especially yeah. if it's con controversial thing, it's more often than not, uh, it's uh, or maybe not controversial, but a, a part of the controlled narrative. You know, if right. it's part of that, then it usually the comments are disabled. But something that should not be debunked, according to you know those newspapers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have a I have a joke that I uh um I've been saying it for a while and I'm probably gonna tweet it later is uh that settled science is the new SS. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Uh, yeah, I mean it's just so funny because there's no such thing as set settled science. 
Right. You know, that's that, absolutely ridiculous. It's, it's completely contradictory. Like science is supposed to challenge itself and it's right. It's, yeah. There's no such thing as it. It's, it's supposed to constantly be disproving itself. Yeah. That's the whole point of it yeah. is as soon as someone says, this is how it is. Your job as a scientist is to show that it's not. And then of course, if you can't, then that goes into theory and, right. you know, becomes part of science, but you're still trying to debunk it every single time. Yeah. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure who, who coined this, whatever, but that there's, you know, there's essentially these days three types of science. There's the, the lowercase s, which is just the process. There's the, um, which I believe in, of course. Um, yeah. There's the, uh, the capital S science, which is like basically the religion. And <laughs> then there's the scientific community, which is just made up of people that make mistakes, have biases, sure. biases, uh, lie from time to time, tell the truth, you know, hopefully most of the time. Right. And very, very, I don't know, kind of easy to get confused by the three. And if you, if you think of it as one thing, then, you know, pro yeah, the, propaganda scientific time, community, yeah. the scientific community is really interesting because there's a lot of uh, pressure that is put on, you know, the scientists there who want to go against what the rest of the community is saying. Um, I mean, I don't have any experience in this. I'm not, I'm not a scientist, but uh, from what I've, you know, what I've seen, uh, what I've read about, what I've seen, uh, especially like on Joe Rogan, things like that, he's had on like controversial scientists mm -hmm. uh, who then pr turned out to be correct later on. But, you know, while they're putting their, you know, theories forward, they're criticized and mocked and, you know, ridiculed. But uh, then they turn out to be correct. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just one of those things like we, there's a lot of pressure on you to conform mm. in the scientific community. And that's really bad for science. Cool. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's hard to get out of that when you're not a scientist. Like, because, you know, there <laughs> yeah. is an element of, you know, they do know better. They've done the work. But you're also like, yo, I can add and I can observe. Right. And I don't know, it's, you know, um, one of these days, we probably won't do it in this, uh, in this program, but one of these days I want to do a live stream where I just open up the big logical fallacies chart and just, you know, go through them one by one. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know that much as much about them as, uh, I should, but just mm -hmm. a, a little lesson on what a dumb person can glean from that, which, you know, sometimes I am, but uh, did you see, <laughs> oh, we all are. Did yeah. you, so you did you study study like formal debating and logic and stuff or was, has it just been more of an intuitive thing you know um i don't know if intuitive if it would be intuitive i never took like a debate class i was yeah. never in debate club or anything mm -hmm. like that um it was mostly just conversations with family and friends um but i think it is due to my upbringing mm -hmm. that i was able to kind of learn how to debate uh, in a way where I can get my point across, but also not be an asshole. Mm. Um, which I mean, I, I can be at the same time, but I usually try to keep it civil. Yeah. Um, just cause you don't get anything accomplished if you're just, you know, name calling or yelling at each other, or, right? you know, anything like that. But, uh, but yeah, so I don't think it came intuitively. I think it just kind of came about as a natural consequence of how I was brought up mm. and that I always, I always had to debate. I always had to, you know, justify my opinions. Mm. And, uh, I mean, it was very frustrating at times, but I think ultimately it was a good thing. How many, uh, how many guests have you guys have had on the show? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, probably about 10. I don't okay. have an actual count. Cool. Um, yeah. Like ever since our second episode, which was, uh, audio only we've mm. always tried to have guests on as much as possible because i mean uh there's only so much that Robert
talk about because we both expressed our opinions on the show. And so you, if you've watched the show for any amount of time, you would know kind of how we're going to answer each yeah. question. Yeah, so yeah. what I really want to get is other perspectives, perspectives that aren't either of ours. Um, and uh, plus, I mean, I just enjoy talking to new people and again, you know, uh, kind of figuring out why they think the way they do and how they reach those conclusions. Um, and because uh, the thing is, I always want to be convinced. I want to be convinced to your side, hmm. but you have to convince me. Yeah, that's right? be real. And yeah. So, I mean, my, my beliefs have changed wildly since my early 20s, my late teens, early 20s. You know, I was uh, um, not a huge leftist, but I was, you know, certainly way more left uh, than I am now. Uh, but I've been convinced through, you know, reading uh, philosophy. I've been convinced through uh, argumentation, um, you know, not being able to, uh, like, make my arguments effectively. And as soon as I can't do that, then that means that my thinking is flawed yeah. and I need to change it. And so I look for, you know, the best possible arguments. And that's how I've gotten, you know, to where I am now, where I'm a kind of a center-right libertarian when I used to be a, you know, big government lefty. <laughs> so you, you base that on, you know, that political spectrum quadrant test that, and I took it live on your show. Yeah. Um, so, so lower center, right? Liber I think me and you are at, at least on We're, that test are right, right near each other. Yeah. Right? And yeah. I mean, it's not a perfect test. Yeah, uh, no, it's, yeah. It's good enough just to kind of, you know, put, I guess put people in boxes, um, mm. which I mean, isn't always a good thing, but I think just for kind of finding common ground or finding, you know, okay, so this is probably what someone basically believes. And then you can talk about the minutia and, you know, semantics from there. Right. But it, it's definitely a good starting point. So you're a member of the Libertarian Party, correct? Um, not the National Party. Not the I'm National Party. Of, okay. Gotcha. Right. The uh, Libertarian Party of Florida. Okay. Uh, is what oh, I'm a of. okay. All right. Yeah. Sweet. Cause that's, that's where I, uh, I'm, you know, I, I'm not really a libertarian. I, uh, um, it's definitely the people that I can get along with the best and, uh, yeah. in most of their, you know, cause it's kind of, you know, de facto, uh, a philosophy based around arguing and based yes. around, you know, being able to, you know, prove something to me a little bit better than the other sides. But, um, that's why I, I can't join the national libertarian party. I can't become a, a big L because yeah, I, I, there's a lot of the things that I'm just like, man, especially the open border stuff. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't get behind that either. Yeah. So, so why are you a member of the, the Florida libertarian party as opposed to just an independent or a Republican or you're not a de Democrat, you know, like why, why'd you choose that rather than, you know, I don't even know how Florida's voting really works. So, um, yeah, we are actually a closed primary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, us state, too, yeah. So yeah. I, and I believe that means that I won't be able to vote in the primaries because okay. I'm not registered as either Republican or Democrat, but, uh, I'll be able to vote obviously in the general, uh, election. Um, so why I became a member of the Libertarian Party of Florida is because they the so obviously unlike the National Party, uh, the Libertarian Party of Florida uh, deals more with like the local elections, and uh, Florida has always been kind of a swing state, and uh, so I want to get more libertarians into the local government here, who then will hopefully eventually go to the Senate or, you know, to Congress, we'll go to, you know, the House, whatever. 
because uh, we just had, uh, yeah, we just had Rick Scott uh, become a senator, uh, like a national senator. Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah, and uh, so I, I was kind of wanted to try and encourage libertarians in Florida to take power and try and influence things in Washington. Okay. And uh, again, I, I can't do the national party because again, the open borders. Um, you know that. I just I don't know. So a lot of them are basically just Republicans, like disenfranchised Republicans. Mm. And uh, so the reason I can't be a Republican is because they are basically they're just as for big government as Democrats are, just in different ways. They want the government to get larger in different ways. So especially the military, you know, they want that to be much larger. Um, they want like uh, you know these these lobbyists to be much larger and when you subsidize the corporations that's what creates monopolies Mm. and we can't have monopolies you can't have a free market if there's a monopoly because free market requires competition Mm. and so that's why i can't be a republican they're they're you know warmongers uh they want to keep us in a perpetual state of war which is not a good thing um even though our economy kind of runs off of it but that's that was really bad for Rome. I mean, that's part of why they fell was yeah. they had to constantly conquer in order to stay aloft, and uh, that that's not an, a sustainable system at all. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, to, to me, you know, that's by far the worst part about the Republicans, and by far, mm-hmm. I mean, it's funny how I mean, to me, it's by far the worst part about Trump, and it's the part that never mm-hmm. gets talked about by the people that hate Trump. It's it, well, it's because it, they they agree with that part of Trump. Dude, that's it, why it makes my brain, it makes my brain hurt. I mean, it's like yeah. I was uh, telling someone that I like I didn't I did not vote for uh, for Trump in 2016. I voted for Neither Gary I. Gary Johnson, um, Same. and. I probably at this point will vote for Trump in 2020 um, unless mm-hmm. Tulsi Gabbard, Gabbard becomes the Democrat. Then I would have some real thinking to do. But um, it's funny. It's funny how I, uh, um, you know, I like Trump less during like now and I would probably vote for him now. Like because it's just that yeah. he vetoed that uh, us getting withdrawing the aid from the Saudis and the Yemen civil war and. This shit with Bolton and Pompeo, man, and it's just like, and with Israel, like it just seems like we're in so many people's pockets that, uh, yeah, yeah, I just something stinks about the foreign stuff with with this dude, and it makes my brain hurt, man. Yeah, yeah, and that's unfortunately why I don't think we're gonna see a libertarian president in our lifetime. Yeah, it's just because it's really hard to gain power when you're not seeking it. Or when you're seeking not to have it, especially yeah. when you're trying to say, I don't want power, so give me power. It's, yeah. You know what I mean? It kind of doesn't, it's like, give me power so I can get rid of it. So here's you a couple of, don't like that. Here's a couple okay, questions. But... Yeah. Yeah. So like, okay. So you mentioned earlier, I wanted to mention this before I forgot about it. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned we, you know, in a free market, free market needs, uh, needs competitions mm-hmm. and uh, what, okay. So here's a, a thing I like to talk. I like to ask people who are, you know, anti-monopoly and I tend to be too. If there was a total free market and zero reg- regulation from the government and one company was just the shit and they were <laughs> head and shoulders above every other company in a specific field and it, they uh, you know, achieved kind of uh, a completely uh, organic monopoly, would you support mm-hmm. that? Um, it depends. Okay. Uh, so I would not say that they should be 
dismantled or uh, what? Are, what do they call? It? I forget what the actual governmental term for I it is. I don't know. Breaking, yeah, I think dismantling breaking it up, might breaking be it edge, up. breaking it up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I would not be okay with that. Yeah, because um, I, I think that it's the people's responsibility to uh, use their dollar to support or not support a company. So it depends on what they're doing. Okay. Right. So if it's someone like Amazon who yeah. is That's kind of who I'm thinking about. Yeah. The, I, that's what I figured. If you completely <laughs> take away all regulations and no one in no the subsidies. Enti- no subsidy, no one gets a mm-hmm. tax break, nothing. The the you know, so I got you know, essentially we're talking about like a minarchist state right now where the yeah. the um the government is just there to defend the blood, defend defend the land, defend the resources mm-hmm. in, you know, in case of uh um, you know, something really catastrophic from the outside, you know, um, right. so no regulations at all would. Yeah. So what's your take on you know, a company like Amazon? So, yeah. I mean, I, I would be fine with that. I mean, that's, okay. you know, yeah, if you're that good at business and you're able to stop, you know, competition from happening. Um, I mean, I, I would I would I wouldn't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. But if that were to you know, be the case. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, would, I wouldn't want them to be punished for being successful. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if they were being uh, malevolent, then it would be up to the individuals to not spend their dollar there. Yeah. And yeah, it could be very uncomfortable, especially if, you know, they're such a huge part of your life, like Amazon is. You know, I just ordered something last night. You know, it's going to be here tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So uh, it's very convenient. But, it, you know, if they were to... Like I said, if they were to be malevolent, I would be going to a local store. I would be, you know, trying to find, you know, some other site or something else to support instead. And then obviously encourage others to do so. And that would, you know, stop, they would stop making money as much and uh, would have to change their, you know, change their tact Hmm. or or die, you know. Yeah, that's one of the things that I think that, you know, um, a lot of people could just benefit from listening to libertarians talk and you know you're you're not a, a large l and i'm not really even a libertarian right. but i have those leanings is that once you eliminate from your brain that it has to be government to take care of it mm-hmm. there's actually hundreds of options yeah. there's there's many more options other than the government there's the there's you your family there's you know there's relocation unfortunately there's community there's religion there's mm-hmm. um starting a private organization and and different uh you can break each one of those up into different things that that you can that people act you know i don't know what which libertarian uh writer set, like kind of based all of us i think it might have been hayek even if he, he wasn't yeah. a libertarian. Hayek was a very individualist, yeah. Yeah, so people make right. actions, and if you if you kind of, you're like, the government doesn't need to do this, it, it opens up a lot of doors to, you know, self-empowerment right. and all this shit, you know? Well, I mean, a big problem with, uh, I, I don't want to say the whole nowadays, because I don't think it just started recently, <laughs> but uh, people have a problem with personal responsibility. Mm, they, they don't yeah. want to be told it's your fault. You know, so it's very much like, or they don't want to say, you know, oh, I had to do something. No, someone needs to do something. You know what I mean? We don't know what, just someone needs to do something. Mm. And then, of course, politicians get elected based off of I'm going to do X or I'm going to do Y. And then so people say, okay, well, now I don't need to do anything other than go and vote for that person. And so they're able to just do, you know, go on, go on about their lives while, you know, passing more and more laws which restrict more and more freedom. As we go, uh, 
do you think that uh do you think that someone could well first of all do, so if you were like uh john's utopian world how to fix everything <laughs> like uh are you are you more in favor of having uh you know, more than two party system, you know, that's what we have basically de facto mm-hmm. right now is two parties would, you know, but other countries do all kinds of shit. Like, like there's coalition governments, uh, Israel does that. Spain does that, uh, where you have to, you can win an election, but then you have to, um, form the government out of a majority in the Congress. Uh, mm-hmm. what would be your instant thing that you would change right now about the way we conduct that business? Um, so obviously I would love to have, you know, a seven, eight, 10 party system uh because i mean even uh george washington in his farewell address warned about uh two party systems and how horrible it would be for this country and it absolutely has been yeah um because i mean like, like i said they both want more power that's that's all they want and since there's no competition they can just kind of pretend like they're going against each other and you know continue to gain more power as they go um so that's one. The first thing I would fix was stopping the two-party system. Okay. Um, and then I would put more emphasis on your local government. Yeah. I mean, most people don't know who their governor. Or they might know who the governor is, but they don't know, you know, who their state senators are. They don't know who their county commissioners are. They don't know, you know, who their, especially at the county level, they, don't, they have no idea who these people are. They, most people don't vote. Maybe some, you know, maybe some older folks do. And uh, business, you know, local business owners will. Other than that, the average person doesn't vote for their, you know, the in the midterms. There's less voter uh, voter turnout for that because everyone looks at you know the presidency as the the end all be all, and it's absolutely not. Mm. You know, you start local. Uh, so that's what I would do: is put more power in the hands of the local and state governments. <clears throat> So to can oh, go ahead. Yeah. So like the well, I mean, I guess one of the problems is is, is that not with the two party thought that you're having, but you know, in mm-hmm. the last 15 years, you know, since you know 9/11 Patriot Patriot Act, you know, definitely Bill Clinton too, is that it, it's become that the president does matter more than it should. Mm-hmm. It's not just in people's minds. You know, it really is a huge deal as far as you know the president affects the culture and. You know, it kind of sets the tone a little bit, and also just they can do essentially any executive action that they want. So, how would you go about changing that that part of it? In that, in fact, the president does have too much power. Is that a legal thing? Uh, cultural. I mean, it's a thing? constitutional thing, okay. and and a cultural thing, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, people clamor for the federal government uh, and the president to do something like the president is seen as kind of a dictator uh, or a king Hmm. when they're absolutely not that. And so, you know, it's partly their fault because when they're campaigning, right, they're saying, I'm going to do this on day one, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. They don't have, you know, the unilateral power to do that. And so I think it's just kind of people need to break away from that mindset that the federal government has to do everything for us. Mm. And so uh, that's obviously, like I said, the first thing I would fix was decentralization of power. Um, and yeah, especially the Patriot Act, that needs to go. Holy, that needs to go. Because that is just an absolute violation of the Fourth Amendment. And I don't know how it got through the Supreme Court. I mean, I really don't. 
Yeah, I actually haven't looked into the Supreme Court part of it. I mean, I know that, you know, it came in a time of, of a lot of fear, you know. Well, that, that's how these things that's, happen. That's how it started. And but then it's it's kind of like the Supreme Court's job to. Well, it's Supreme Court's job to do a lot of stuff that it's it's not doing or doing too much of, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not supposed to rule out of fear. It's supposed to rule out of, you know. The Constitution. The Constitution. Yeah. Determine constitutionality of, you know, whatever's being put before it. Yeah. And they failed in that aspect. Mm. When did that go? Do you know when that went to the Supreme Court? I mean, I know it got, you know, um, got passed. Like I don't a know. Year after. I don't know the exact date. Okay. I believe it was 2002. Right after. I'm not a, yeah, yeah. It, it probably got fast tracked. You know, that's the, you know, I didn't put this in the notes or anything, but that's one of the things that, uh, you know, you know, rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. You know, there was that whole um, Ilhan Omar was like some people did something and. You know, they, you know, and then like the right just pounced, you know, and, yeah. you know, but the the thing is, is that, uh, you know, if you're talking, if you're talking in terms of the tact of the wording, that's not the right thing to say, but some people did do something and I'm certainly not on the left and I don't like Ilhan Omar, but you know, some, some people did do something and, and also our civil liberties were eroded because of yeah. that event. And it's and like, we asked for it. We yeah. asked for it to happen, and that's just ridiculous. This whole, you know, exchanging uh, liberty for security is just a horrible idea that leads to tyranny instantly. And, and now we've got that with like these, you know, uh, three-letter, you know, agencies. And you know, just that, popping up all over the place. Go that's ahead. that's one Wait. of the things. That's fine. That's just one of the things I wanted to <laughs> ask about because I want to get Robert on here, and it seems to me what you're saying right now about the exchanging liberty for security is mm-hmm. it, it's one of his kind of main points is that in order to it's I, I don't remember how he puts it, but it's like one of them. His main arguments about all kinds of stuff is that you have to <laughs> give up a little bit of um, security to get freedom. And it just doesn't the way he puts it doesn't exactly well, ma- make sense to me. So I'm right, well, what he yet. says is that uh, you have to you have to give up uh, freedom for liberty. Well, it was the other way around, but either way, he's he's kind of there's there's synonyms, right? Yeah. But I think in his mind, they have different definitions. Okay. Um. So he's basically saying like you have to give up personal freedom in order to have freedom for everyone. So things like you know you can't have the freedom just to take someone's property, right? But that's not a freedom because you're if you violate someone else's rights, you know then then you're then they're not free. And so that's, I think that's kind of where he's going with that. Okay. I've tried to get, you know, a, a, an expanded answer out of him, but it's, it wasn't easy. So okay. I don't know. We'll have to, you'll have to ask him that yeah. uh, when he's on. I'll be interested to hear as well. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. That's like it. one of the main things I want to ask him about is kind of, you know, it's mm-hmm. just his main points. And, but that one especially just doesn't, I don't know. I just need, I mean, it's maybe if it's an ex- explanation of collectivism versus individualism, mm-hmm. that kind of does make sense. But then you're like, then there's like the whole fo- like what is a forest uh, other than the trees that make it up and you know that's why right. i'm an individualist is because without the individuals there is no collective in you know I, i'm i don't want to go right. full individualist like you know people don't you know fuck other people i can do everything <laughs> myself i can't man i can't make my own clothes i can't like right. you know and but it just seems that the individualist protecting individual rights is i mean bare minimum it's something that the west got right you know, mm-hmm. and and Absolutely. hanging on to that is, I don't know, it's you know, cornerstone of of whatever country you're going to live in if you're a Western, whatever culture. And 
it's slipping, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We're, we're moving more and more towards collectivism for sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, individualism doesn't necessarily mean I don't need everyone else. I don't need, you know, anything from anyone else. Um, individualism is more about personal responsibility. Uh, you know, so saying like, oh, well, I couldn't pay my rent this month. That's my fault. You know what I mean? Not like someone did something to me and therefore I can't pay my rent now. You know what I mean? So there's there's a responsibility aspect to it. Um, there's If you want to go the objectivist route, there's, you know, doing what is in your best interest at all times, which sounds harsh, right? It sounds like, you know, very selfish. Um, but it is in your best interest to have other people around. It is in your best interest to keep your community, you know, thriving. Right. It's in your best interest, you know, to go and spend money or to go and, you know, give to charity makes you feel good, right? Mm. Feeling good is in your best interest. Mm. You know, uh, these kind of things, uh, having a family is in your best interest. Right. So, I mean, it, on the surface, it sounds harsh, but, Mm. uh, you know, it it is, uh, it's very selfless, um, kind of philosophy, which I don't follow 100%, mm-hmm. uh, because it, it certainly can be uh, rather harsh at times. But uh, it's definitely something to to kind of think about and something to uh, take the good aspects of and incorporate that into your own philosophy. Hmm. Yeah, I got to get more well read on like the individual schools of thought and philosophy. That's one thing I noticed from talking to mm-hmm. people is I have my own kind of North star and stuff like that. I'm a Christian and stuff. So I have, yeah. I have that, but I'm, I'm not as well read as I'm just the different, like utilitarianism, objectivism, mm-hmm. who the the writers are. You know, I, <laughs> I kind of subscribe to, you know, Austrian e- economics as, you know, but I, yeah. I don't know as much as I should about that. I just basically know that it's, you know, free market, you know? Um, right. Yeah. So I, I'm, we're going to uh, move on to talking about about the subject of debate, probably for the rest of the program. But before we uh, before we do that, who are your top three dream uh, guests that you would have on your program? Uh, so I already had one of them, uh, yeah. Matt Christensen. Nice, yeah, uh, yeah, that was really nice. I know you had him on too. Yeah, it was great. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was a really good conversation. Um, so I'll give you three other ones. Okay. Uh, Sargon, number one. Okay, wow. That would be amazing. But I, I don't think it'll happen. He's mm. way over my head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, so Sargon, uh, Aiden Paladin, who we uh, we were supposed to have on last night, but uh, I think we're going to reschedule hopefully for next Monday. Um, and she's great. She's, uh, uh, I believe she's a PhD uh, candidate. So she's working on a PhD. Okay. And uh, in social sciences. And so she's, and she's really funny too. Uh, she makes great informative videos about like psychology, mm-hmm. uh, social engineering and these sorts of things. Um, so I want to have her on. And then uh, the last one is Count Dankula. Absolutely. Wow. Just because it would be a lot of fun. It would be so much fun to have him on. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but again, I doubt I'll get him, right? He's, he's way higher profile. Yeah. Oh, I, I sent, I, I uh, spent a night. I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, making a list of like three or 400 people. And, you know, oh, when, wow. I, when I, when I brainstorm, I'm, you know, I no censorship. You just write it all down. Who <laughs> in your wildest dreams, who would you want? I, I, my number one was Kanye West. 
um oh, again, that would, be amazing that would too, never yeah. happen i mean like unless some <laughs> crazy shit i get like five hundred thousand followers on twitter or something like that i don't know but number yeah. one would be kanye west and like uh in my top five is also vladimir putin like, I absolutely <laughs> really cool would too, love yeah. to interview vladimir putin and, and it's just like what i run into a lot is um is when is like man when you someone's on a mic if they're on CNN, uh, MSNBC, or just any, even in the Rose Garden on a, a White House live feed, there's z- a zero percent chance they're telling you the entire truth. Oh um, yeah, you know, not at all. And especially no. if they're in charge of people's lives. And I'm really into geopolitics. Um, mm. So from there, you, you get into a lot of like the world is kind of always in a state of cold war. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. so it's like you have to posture. You can't tell the enemy your whole hand. You can't tell your people your whole hand. I mean, it's it's kind of to protect them a little bit, um, or at least in your own mind, in a leader's mind. Right. Uh, so, um, someone like a world leader would always be in my top five. But it's also like, man, how much impossible, <laughs> impossible to not get yeah. like the watered down or the CIA version or the the right. you know the propaganda stance or the you know, trying to get the vote stance, but someone like Kanye, you feel like, you know, he's not required by his own career to hide information or, you know, maybe not career, but you know, even if I got Trump, Trump would be at the near the top of my list too. Naturally. But but like, you know, even though I feel like he is more, at least on the mic, transparent than almost any political figure in history, good or bad, you know, mm-hmm. you know, for better or for worse, but you still like some things about Trump in the last year. I'm like, man, this guy is either being ran by someone or he has like something going on. That's beyond like drain the swamp, build the wall. Cause neither have happened. Right. And, uh, so like someone like Kanye, someone like controversial, like Sargon would be really cool. And I'm, yeah. I'm glad he's running for office. Do you know at all how he's doing over there? Or, um, um, I mean, I don't know any like poll data yeah. or anything like that. Um, but I know that he's been going around all over the UK and uh, their territories like Gibraltar, um, which I would love to go sometime. That's mm. beautiful. But, uh, you know, and he just sits down with regular people and, you know, oh. asks them what their concerns are. I, I don't know if you've seen those videos. No, I haven't. Uh, he's got a ton of them out um, where he's just got like a little table, almost like the Stephen Crowder changed my mind. Okay. You know, thing that he does. Wow. And he just sits down with, you know, the random people and just, you know, ask them what their concerns are and, you know, at, gives his point of view on everything without the filter of the media, who have been just slamming him nonstop. They are they are frightened. They are really scared that he might actually make it. So I think he might actually make it because people are pretty sick of you know the the status quo. I guess, um, you know, people are gonna be like when like that was time he was uh, standing up, you know, to all the journalists. Who are just constantly asking him about that tweet that he made three years ago, you know, which is it's a crazy world, right? Where a tweet is news. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just ridiculous. Right. And it totally is news. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. It's, it's another thing that's <laughs> weird about the we were talking about presidential power earlier where there's there's an aspect of it in in people's heads. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, the president, you know is the biggest force but then there's the other side is that the president is the biggest force and he may not be as big as in people's heads but this it's the same thing with the tweet where like uh it's the tweet is not as big of news as it is in people's heads but it is a little bit of news i mean trump basically is the president i don't know about percentage wise but maybe 30 percent of the reason he's in office is because of twitter or at least social media and it's it's become news in itself and it's 
it's, it's very yeah, yes. and he's using it. He's using it very well. He manipulates. I, I don't know if he manipulates the media in that in the way that manipulate kind of uh, has a connotation, but uh, it, I think I've expressed this in the show before. It, they kind of have a symbiotic relationship, mm. Trump and the media, even though they kind of hate each other. They need each other, right? Trump needs the media in order to <laughs> give him free, you know, uh, publicity. And the media needs Trump in order to get the ratings up. Every time they talk about Trump, you know, which they do constantly, people watch and people comment and people, you know, are engaged. Yeah. So they kind of really need each other in those aspects. So it's really interesting, <laughs> you know, you know, and I, I've uh, put forth the theory before that uh, Trump will misspell a word in a tweet on purpose <laughs> and because you he knows that they're going to pick it up and say look what an idiot he is meanwhile the tweet that he put up yeah. with the information he wants out there is on the screen right right for everyone to read for themselves yeah yeah and you like uh i don't know if you've looked at interviews from him from you know the 80s and 90s uh mm -hmm. george bush too george bush, george w bush too it's like these are not dumb people uh, right. Th th these are not dumb people. And I, I kind of fell for that the first go around in, you know, late mm -hmm. 2015. And I was like, damn, like Trump is dumb, dude. Like Trump is mm -hmm. like saying some ignorant shit up there. And dude is not dumb. You know, he's 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 playing no. the game yeah, like and he, he's oh, playing yeah. he's playing the game. And um, and it's funny how you know, the it's like the public, the media and Trump are in like a, a parasite host relationship, but all right. three of them are both roles. Like all three of them are host and parasite at the same time. And yeah, you know, it's, absolutely. You know, it's also one of the reasons I got into this space is because um, I just find the whole uh, network of people and organizations involved, frankly, to be the most fascinating story that you can find these days better than any fiction better than any made up shit is like the, like I have the ability to keep a lot of people's heads and faces and names in my, in my head. And you know, the, the number of people involved in this quote unquote, quote unquote culture war, where I think we are in one is it's, oh, yeah. it's the best story ever. Yeah. And it's got sides and you know, yeah, uh, I would say it's the best season of America so far. <laughs> <you know? laughs> That's legit. It's, yeah, it really is like yeah. a reality show. Yeah, you know? it, <laughs> dude, yeah. that's such a good point. Yeah, and, and I've been saying for a couple of years that we're on like uh, that if that the Trump thing is kind of a TV show, and we're on like season four right now of the Trump thing. Right. Yeah. So it's just like, what is what is season six going to be like? Is there going to be a season ten? It's just like a show, man. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah. um. So let's talk about debate. You know, uh, you mentioned yeah. earlier your upbringing. You you debated a lot. Talked you know talked about you know you argued a lot. And I mm -hmm. I did too, but not that much. It was a lot more of the you know a lot more of the yelling thing and and you know <laughs> like physical embodiments of of anger when I was a uh, when I was growing sure. up. But um, I guess my question is here. You know, you, you hear the words. Um, I don't know. We we live in a cliche and buzzword driven society. You know, public square platform publisher public discourse all these things yeah. like you know um i guess the the question i had prepared here that i want to bounce around is um what is there a true public square here today and has there ever been has there ever been a real public square for debate discourse and or is it has it been is it just a figment of our imagination i mean it is a little bit of that you know it does exist yeah. in our heads but what is it today? Is it Twitter? Is it just social media? Is it me going outside with a sign? 
Uh, it's both. I mean, it is, you know, uh, obviously the internet makes it easier for you to reach more people. But, I mean, there's a reason why they call it, you know, stand, getting up on your soapbox, right? Because uh, that's what you would do in the public square. You would flip a soapbox upside down, stand on it, and start, you know, uh, pontificating to people. And hopefully you would draw a crowd, right? So then that's what we do on YouTube. You know, we get out, we, you know, live stream, and then we'll start, you know, uh, pontificating out into the into the ether and hopefully someone will come and watch mm. you know and uh, hopefully someone will come and disagree and then we can have a discussion from there so certainly in the modern day uh the internet in general social media especially um is the public square but and there's literally public squares um i know in i believe it's in london there's uh hyde park mm. which is like one of the few free speech zones over there where you can go over there and just say, you know, spout your crazy beliefs, whatever they are, and, you know, no one can stop you. I didn't know So that. long as you're not, you know, yeah, yeah. Wow. And they yeah. have, they so have like, they have, uh, they, have your, <laughs> they have like hate speech laws over there, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And we don't, we do, there's no federal right. hate speech law. Okay. And that's the, you know, as long as you're not inciting violence, causing a yeah. riot, fire in a theater, that was a Supreme Court ruling I, I don't remember when right I think it was... well it's because it's a call to action as opposed to just using words mm. right so it's and the left kind of conflates uh you know hate speech or you know speech being violence in general is that you know your words are going to lead to violence whereas a call to violence is different than you know just saying something and then someone acts on it you know so it's very yeah. kind of muddy Okay. You know, the waters are kind of muddy there. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, there's a difference between, you know, uh, hey, you go kill Stephen Ignoramus, and, you know, uh, I wish Stephen Ignoramus would be dead. Yeah. There's a difference between those two, legally speaking. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, yeah, the waters are kind of muddy there. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, as for like the the public square it's basically wherever you are yeah um so long as you're not being confrontational at least in my opinion because you're not going to get anything you're not going to get your point across you're not no one's going to listen to you as soon as you start yelling at them or shaming them for what their beliefs or anything like that that that's the worst way to go about it mm. it's best just to uh, ask the greatest question ever asked why you know let me ask you why do you believe this you know, first, what is it that you believe, and then why do you believe that? Mm. And then just keep asking why, and you'll eventually get to the underlying principles that guide them, if there are any. Mm. So yeah, your your public the public square is basically wherever you are and uh, wherever you're speaking. Mm. And now it's become become like the the webcam, essentially. Yeah, you know, it's... well, it's a lot easier to reach more people, right, from around the world. You know. So yeah. it's definitely the most effective public square. So, I mean, like that, I, there's this idea I kind of play around with in my brain a lot. And it's like, um, you hear a lot of podcasters and, you know, people that talk just saying that, you know, there, a certain percent of the, on any idea, a certain percentage of the people are never going to be convinced because mm -hmm. uh, they're either, you know, they've got their mind made up, they're too far gone, whatever it is. And kind of your goal is to convince the people that are able to be convinced. But mm -hmm. the people that are too far gone at one point were like kids. And, and they weren't – at one point they didn't have their mind made up. 
And right. it's just that whole rubber meets the road of when some – there's certain, and, and admittedly, there's certain issues that I'm too far gone on. There's, mm-hmm. I, I will hear you out. I'll, I'll, I'll even talk to you. I have more debate stamina than more, you know, most average people. And I'll hear you out for hours and hours. But at the end of the day, there's certain things I'm too far gone on for, you know, for oh, other yeah. people, you know. And so it's just, you know, it just seems like so much of this, uh, these issues exist on the margins. It's like the people that are willing to act, willing to participate, willing to, to listen or not, uh, they're the ones that kind of drive the public debate or public discourse. If there is mm-hmm. one thing called that. And is that, is, am I looking at that the right way or, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there are certainly people who are too stubborn to change their beliefs and I'm guilty of that as well. Like you're, you're not going to convince me that free speech is a bad thing. Right. You know what I mean? You're not going to convince me that I shouldn't be allowed to own a gun or bear arms. You know, you're not going to convince me that I don't need to have privacy. You know what I mean? These these fundamental principles are not going to change. But however, I mean, different beliefs might change, you know, especially when you don't talk about economics. It's not really my strong suit. Yeah. It's not the thing I'm, you know, most uh, well off on. But I mean, that and that has changed a lot. Uh, my beliefs in economics have changed a lot, so the underlying principles won't change. But you know, the, my different like policy stances will and absolutely have changed. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and I mean, debate. And I, I've said this before: debate isn't about usually, at least usually, isn't about convincing the person that you're debating against. It's about convincing the people listening, convincing the people who don't know, who don't have an opinion. Mm. So like the, the fence setters yeah, is who you're trying to convince to your mm. side. Have you ever seen – as you, I, I, I don't know if I've – I don't know. I'm thinking about all the different debates I've seen and I've, I've watched – most of the ones I've seen have been like YouTube debates with mm-hmm. just creators and stuff and – um. You know, with more formal ones in you know, college and uh, like places like the Soho Forum and stuff like that, uh, there's actual scoring. There's an actual winner and loser. <laughs> but have you ever seen someone in a debate just totally change their mind? That's interesting. Um, the person, like the people, actual the actual arguing parties. Right. I don't think I've seen them completely change their mind. I've seen them change their mind on one like specific issue. Okay. But never like just be like you know what you're completely right. I'm going to you know abandon all of my previous uh, you know positions. Yeah. Um. You know that's never going to happen. Yeah. But uh, but yeah no I mean I've seen people say you know oh I wasn't aware of this particular fact. You know I'll adjust my you know my positions now. But uh, yeah it doesn't happen often though. It doesn't usually happen. Yeah, I mean, I think it takes like for for a person who has an actual stance, I, mm-hmm. at least for me, I felt like it, it takes like six to ten months sometimes. You know, yeah. it, it took me like a year. It, there was a, about a year long period when I was like at the beginning of the year, I was like, what's wrong with big government? It solves problems. <laughs> it's there to help people. And then by the end of that year, I was like, holy shit, this is the most <laughs> horrifying social experiment that has ever been conducted. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so it yeah. takes a long time, you know? And I mean, it should. Yeah. Uh, anyone who changes their opinion on the spot is, you know, didn't really hold that opinion very strongly. It was obviously just something that you were either taught growing up and never thought about or, you know, just something that you just – 
I don't know. I guess something that you didn't really care about. If you know, if you're willing to change it on yeah, the spot. Yeah, that's more Actually, of what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's something you didn't, you like, you, you took it for granted. And then, right. w- then you got more information. But it's even harder when you're entrenched. And then yeah. to get out of that entrenched spot, you know, even as an individual who keeps an open mind, like, imagine what it's like for people that, that don't, you know, that right. be entrenched, entrenched forever. It's, it's kind of sad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it is really sad. Yeah. I mean, to be convinced, so convinced that you have all the answers, is just. I mean, it's it's it is really sad it's rough. because yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, because I mean, you that means you don't have an open mind. That means that you're. I mean, you're one. You're too arrogant to think that you could be wrong. And I think it's very important to question yourself constantly mm. or be questioned by others constantly. Is I mean, you can't have all the answers for one. And, you know, two, no single ideology or uh, philosophy or thought process has all the answers. You have to, you know, kind of take from each one to assemble your own. So if you just go wholeheartedly into one ideology, you're missing a whole big piece of the pie. Mm. Wow. Well, yeah. So, I mean, like, I mean, I think I'm uh, moderating another debate on your channel Mm -hmm. in a couple of weeks or something like that. I'm really looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, I definitely um, see that as a um, a way to get around this government thing, or I, I guess like not just get closer to what the truth is. Is start bypassing these stupid ass mainstream debates. I mean, <laughs> they're all manicured. They all are put oh, on people yeah. that by people that suck for people that suck. You know, <laughs> and to to lie to the, the the not. I guess I don't mean for pe- people that suck. The people in the public, those are the people to me that that suck the least. Cause a lot of those people do suck. They too, definitely though. suck. Yeah. I, I, I suck sometimes, you know, like, um, but you know, the people in it are all in cahoots and, you know, uh, they had that thing where, uh, Donna Brazil, uh, leaked the debate questions to mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton. And, uh, if that's the only time that's happened, then, uh, you know, yeah, I, I doubt that. Yeah, please. Yeah. So, What's yeah. funny, uh, going back to what my dad used to say all the time is if I caught you doing something once, that's 10 times I didn't catch you doing it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, unfortunately, exactly what, that is true. It usually uh, is true. It's truism, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's one thing that <laughs> yeah. I this this technology this technology that we got is unreal, where we can just talk to each other, have you know, on on Discord, uh, other Google Hangouts, stuff like that. You can have six people in the room at the same time. You can have a moderator to mute people that are interrupting too much, which I'm guilty yeah. of. Um, and you know, bypassing that mainstream debating. Uh, that c- the corporate press debating stage is one thing that the internet can do that YouTube yes. can do. And uh, so what, what do you, what do you think about this whole, uh, the, you know, so- social media banning in general based on ideal ideology and, you know, even uh, side of the aisle, you know, what's your thoughts on, and there's been fresh ones in the last week, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, Paul Joseph Watson, Louis Farrakhan, Laura Loomer banned from Facebook. Uh, what, yeah. what, what's your stance on social media regulation? you know banning um, stuff well like obviously i think it's a terrible thing i mean you shouldn't censor someone just because of their beliefs i mean that's completely antithetical to america's values you know we uh we encourage civil discourse um i mean obviously if something is like you know you're giving threats or you know something like that then sure you can ban them but mm-hmm. uh yeah i don't believe that people should be banned just because they think differently than you do that's absolutely ridiculous and it certainly doesn't try to change their mind to think the way you do. I mean, it's just going to make them more entrenched in their beliefs. They're going to go 
you know, to another platform that's going to take them and become more entrenched in their ideology. And you've only created another enemy. Mm. It just, it's absolutely a self-defeating uh, way to go about things. Mm. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. So what do you, I mean, right now, I mean, there's a huge debate. I was just on Twitter an hour ago and there's these thread, these threads and chains of people replying. I mean, there's an actual debate going on right now over, uh, over government reg regulation and social media. Do you think that that is a place that you would want to see government regulation or no? Hmm. Yeah. That's one that I struggle with. Yeah. It's a hard um, one. Yeah. Yeah. There, Cause there's an argument that it's, it's like a utility as opposed to just, and then you, then you have that whole platform versus publisher, right. you know, distinction and which one is social media, right? This is, this is a brand new thing. We've never, you know, relative obviously yeah. to human, human history. We've yeah, never had something like the internet. 10 before. years is new. Yeah. Something around for yeah. 10, 12 years. That's, that's new as hell. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so uh, the, with the utility argument, you know, it goes where, you know, um, the phone company isn't going to shut your phone off because they don't like what you say to your friend on the other line, you know, on the other end of the line. Right. So why should, you know, these social media platforms be able to do the same thing, but at the same time, obviously the other argument is that they're a private corporation. They can do what they want uh, and they can, you know, host whoever they want or not, uh, which I, again, I agree with, <laughs> you know, I agree that they can do that. Um, so I usually I, I kind of flip-flop back and forth on it, but I usually tend to go towards uh, letting them do as they want and letting competition kill them, mm. um, which there was a time not too long ago where I thought that wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to be allowed to happen because uh, Subscribestar uh, ah, sorry, Subscribestar got taken down uh, right after the whole Patreon purge. Uh, and so it was like, well, okay, if they're not allowed to compete, you know, how can you compete? With these companies are just going to take you down anyway. Right. Um, same thing with Gab. They got taken down. Uh, I believe Mines got taken down, but I'm not 100% on that. They got taken off of uh, the Google Play Store, the Google okay. App Store. Yeah. Gotcha. And okay. Mines, Mines, not Mines, Gab got uh, their server, had to switch servers. Gotcha. Yeah. Like and so, but those were all around the same time. And so I was thinking at that time, like, oh man, you know. If you if you can't have a competitor, because that's always the argument, right? Oh, if you don't like the censorship, then make your own, you know, platform. It's like okay, but when we do, <laughs> you know, you take them down. So mm. what do we create our own internet? Is that what you want? You know, like it just makes no sense. Mm. Um, but I, I usually lean. But now, uh, like I said, I usually lean more towards let them do as they want, and let them let the competition kill them, because that's what's happening now. Uh, Gab just came out with their own browser. You know, it's in oh. uh, beta. It's in beta testing right now. But I mean, they came out with their own browser, which Ooh. is phenomenal. Yeah. So I really think that the alt tech is really starting to pick up. And uh, so I think that they do have a real chance now, because they've finally, uh, like, stopped giving in to the mm -hmm. outrage mob and stopped, you know, giving in to payment processors who stopped doing business with them. Uh, you know, they, they, they found ways around it and so many people have supported them that they're able to stay afloat. Yeah. And so I really think that the competition is going to kill platforms like Twitter and Facebook, um, and obviously like Instagram and whoever else is banning people. Right. Uh, cause I think people are sick of that. Yeah.
I mean, I definitely uh, invite anyone listening to um, the, uh, the creator of Gab is Andrew Andrew Torba. I would definitely mm-hmm. this guy gets this shit. <laughs> you should oh, definitely yeah. everyone out there should definitely listen to an interview or two with Andrew Andrew Torba, and he, you know. Um, it's kind of a shame that these new uh, social media companies, they, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of people with some messed up beliefs do go on them. You could call them like neo-Nazis, but you also like see all kinds of Nazis or all kinds of ists out there that are on these sites. It's, you know, I, I have a profile on Gab, BitChute, Mines, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And you see a lot of uh, supremacist views and it's not all the white persuasion, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, all, it's, it's true. It's, it's, so it's all it's a lot of radicals and stuff. And I don't have a problem with thought. I don't. Um, and yeah. and speech being an extension of thought. And it, it's a shame that both these people, uh, I don't know. It, it's it, To me, it's more of a shame when the people, when you see a couple supremacists on a site and then millions of people on the other side say that that's a, now a supremacist site when it's, it's right. kind of not, it's just, it's, uh, there's just no censorship. Um, right. It's guilt by association. And that's, but that, I mean, that's how the internet was back in the day when I was growing up. Been. That's how the internet was. Yeah. There was no censorship whatsoever. Yeah. But you always had the block feature. You always had the mute feature. You know, exactly. you, you could just not see it if you want yeah. to. Um, but with the whole, like, you know, radicalized people or I guess uh, supremacist people on like Gab and stuff, I think that's mainly them letting off steam that mm-hmm. they weren't able to let off on other platforms. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you look in like maybe five to seven years, you're not going to see nearly as much of that. Right. In my opinion. I mean, obviously I could be wrong, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that just since people are able to speak, they don't need to, you know, hold it in. And then after a while, you know, when no one's engaging with them or no one's, you know, agreeing with them or they're only agreeing with each other, you're going to see a lot less of that. Right. So, I mean, one of the one of the sides of the debate that I've heard that makes the most sense to me for government regulation is, you know, um, I don't know what I, in my utopian world, I probably am like a minarchist. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that interactions between humans and entities should be all, all voluntary. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, a minarchist state, you know, just defending borders, defending people's lives and stuff like that would mm-hmm. be great. But we don't live in one. We live in uh, a government that has a bill of rights and stuff like that. And it seems like at one of the sides I've, I've heard that I kind of it, it's starting to persuade me is that what is our federal government there to do other than protect the bill of rights? And if it's regulations that will. And um, now I'm like second guessing myself because how can you <laughs> guarantee a regulation will protect something on the bill of rights? I, you can't, I, you can't. So it's, but, but if, <laughs> if you, if, if it was a regulation that, that a hundred percent enforced freedom of speech, that would be an argument mm-hmm. for it. But it always backfires, man. Government always backfires. Right. You know, Shit. it's kind of like the, uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like the, what is it? Um, like the old style genie, where you would, you know, they would give you three wishes, but every time you would, you know, turn a wish in, you would say, "Oh, I wish for this." They would twist it in some way, and it would end up being a negative. Yeah. And so that's kind of what the government does, where it's like, "Oh yeah, we're going to protect your rights, but <laughs> you know, we're going to infringe on this other thing, right? Or we're going to, you know, something else is going to happen." Um, you know, so I, I think it's best just to kind of leave them out of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what you're and also you're, what you're describing right now with the genie is is literally what Satan is in Christianity. Yeah. It's like he, you can make a deal and, and he'll give you what you want, but it's not going to be at all the way that you want it. Yeah, it's going to be, be some perverse thing down the line that it's better <laughs> to just stay away. And 
You know, that's yeah. so I mean, the, the it, it's definitely a sticky situation that the whole social media uh public debate i think about it all every single day because like it's like how do we get out of this you know like people can start their own program but it's going to take a while to pick up steam and and also mm-hmm. these companies we're describing are multinational uh, corporations they they're headquartered yeah. in california new york stuff like that but uh they exist across the globe so it's like where's the line for, like i don't want globalism i don't want like global free speech i mean i guess if you can ensure it Cool, but then there'd be a global government. I I don't want to get yeah, into I'm that. Not, you know what I'm okay saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's just like it's we're in a sticky spot because everyone relevant, um, most people that are relevant in in the debate are on these platforms, mm-hmm. and like, how do we get out of it? You know? Yeah, I mean, you have almost no choice but to use those platforms. That's where everyone else is. Yeah. So if you're you know a big time content creator, you know you kind of have to be on those sites. You know, like you and I need to be on Twitter. Yeah. That's where everyone else is. That's yeah. where people who are going to watch our show. That's where they are. Yeah, you know. So uh, it's kind of hard to gain a following if you're not. Mm. And so it is kind of this catch twenty two. You know, damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of deal. <laughs> you know, uh, you supporting yeah. something that you are you know against is kind of uh, it, it sucks. Yeah, and we're putting that really situation sucks. a lot. Yeah, you having to support, yeah. not having having to is a hard word, but it's you know. You're, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're, it's 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 just. You know, as people that want to uh, promote personal responsibility and choice, it, it's almost like you're afraid to use the word had to like you're like, because yeah. uh, <laughs> you, you kind of do have to. But you have choices, you, you know. Right. But it's just like the, the, I, can, I can rephrase, you know, yeah, and say, yeah. like, if you want to have a following, that's the best way to that's do it. The best way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like what I was saying earlier about, you know, movers and shakers and people that uh, that participate are the ones that move the dial. Then, but then you're making the choice. You like if you want to move the dial, I will say you have to. You have to participate yeah. if you want to move the dial at all, or um, other than starting your own town. Like if you start your own physical town, <laughs> that's a way of moving a, a portion of the dial. But no one's doing that anymore, and it's yeah. it's you know. So Twitter is for right now. Twitter's here to stay. I tend to think Facebook is on a little bit on its way out. At least in terms of thinking, yeah. in, it's at least in terms of relevance, you know. Oh yes, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. We actually talked about that on uh, Friday uh, with Wyatt from uh, Roundtable Decision. Mm-hmm. We had him on, and uh, not, I'm not sure if you saw that, but uh, we we yeah we talked about you know I, I gave Facebook probably like ten years mm-hmm. until they're gone, yeah. um, and that's kind of just a uh, you know because it takes a long time for these things to die. Yeah. So I just want to kind of give it 10 years. Hopefully it happens before that. But, and um, I made the point that, you know, the, the younger generation now, uh, Gen Z, isn't on Facebook. Mm. That's where their moms are. That's where Good. their dads are. That's where their grandparents are, right? So they're all going to like Instagram, which is owned by Facebook. But, uh, you know, they're going to Twitter or they're going to Minds or Gabs mm. uh, or Gab. Uh, yeah, they're not on facebook anymore yeah and so as the older generation you know starts to uh starts to leave us uh it's going to become less and less relevant as time goes on you know uh you know twitter won't release they don't release how many how many people how many accounts are on twitter oh yeah yeah i tried to look it up like who has the most followers and how like you know you know 
what good is how many followers someone has when you don't know how many total accounts there are. So I tried to look into that and they, they can't, they gave some bullshit justification for it. It was something like, uh, they announced it at their press conferences. Like Twitter is a special type of platform. One that I don't remember what the word is. Yeah, it's like we don't need yeah, you're to. Re- so special. I'm just like I, we don't need to release how many. I gotta look look this up and see what they actually said. But I was like, wait, why don't you just? It's kind of the same thing where uh, you know there's all that uh, money missing from the Department of Defense. You know, oh like God, and, and yeah. you're they're like you know I don't know what their justification is, but it's like you think because you kill people that you don't have to like balance your budget like yeah. same kind of thing like why don't you just release the shit and then we'll decide <laughs> you know yeah yeah exactly you know so what you know what i guess we we're gonna wrap up pretty soon but i just wanted to uh throw a couple you know current event things at you well first of all before i even do that um do you ever get sick of uh following the news following current events uh doing your show not doing the show but like having to have your head in the news a considerable part of your day <laughs> Constantly, <laughs> constantly okay. get tired of that. <laughs> um, and again, that's part of the reason why we do our Monday show, our shooting mm. the shit. We try our best to avoid talking about the news just because mm. it's a nice break away from it. Um, and so especially when I get home from work, because I, I always have my headphones in, you know, at work and I'm listening to, you know, current news, uh, current events on, you know, news and things like that. Uh you know, obviously different YouTube videos or an audio book, uh, things that are having my mind going constantly. And then by the time I get home, I'm just sick of it <laughs> and I'm ready yeah. to just kind of unwind, you know, and then so I'll, I'll put something on Netflix or something that I can just kind of turn my brain off and, you know, just kind of relax. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm constantly tired of <laughs> having to keep up with everything because it just it moves so fast, you know. Yeah. Why don't you so name- it's hard. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, man. Yeah, finish. I would say it's, it's it's hard to uh, like come up with an opinion on something when by the time you do, that's not in the news anymore. Mm. You know, so it, it's so it's fast. Really unfortunate. Yeah. 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 Who are some of the podcasters and shows that you that you like and support the most on YouTube and wherever else? Uh, definitely, like I said, Matt Christensen, uh, big fan. Um, Sargon, obviously. Uh, like I said, Aiden Paladin, uh, she's really great. Uh, but she puts out a video probably every couple of weeks as opposed to, you know, daily or weekly. Mm. Um, here, I'll actually, uh, I'll go through my subscribers right, or who I'm subscribed to right now. Cool. Uh, so let me just pull it up if you want to. Yeah. Do you like Tim Pool some... at all? Yes. You yeah. Do? Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, I don't watch all of his videos, um, but I do watch him often. Uh, my only real criticism of him is that he uses very uh, clickbaity kind of titles. Yeah. Like, you know, so he's like, it's every time his titles are always like, the world's about to end right now. And then once you click on the video, like he's, you know, much more reasonable and rational. Mm. But it's just, it's kind of funny to me that he, you know, he uses very clickbaity titles. Um, so yeah, I've got Joe Rogan, uh, Deep Fat Fried, which is uh, not really a political podcast, uh, but they're really funny guys. Um, just Matt Christensen, Sargon, Aiden. Uh, Brandon F. is a... Um, He's a uh, like educational YouTuber, a historical uh, reenactor, in like the eighteenth, uh, nineteenth century. So he's really interesting. Mm. Um, Shadowversity, another kind of you know, I don't know if you're familiar with him. No, no. Um, he's another like medieval historical, cool. uh, educational kind of guy. Nice. Um, Sinatra says he's really good. 
subscribe to PewDiePie, of course. Me as well. Uh, yeah, Steven Crowder, uh, yeah. internet historian. He's nice. hilarious. Uh, let's see. Bearing uh, Sticks Hexenhammer. Yeah. Yeah, he's really awesome. Cool. Um, I like Armored Skeptic for his, like, uh, hey, our buddy Jay Edgar. Ooh, subscribe shout to him. Out to Jay Edgar. Yeah. He was in the YouTube, chat of course. earlier. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, let's see, Metatron. He's really good. Lindy Vage. Um, Philosophy Tube, because he's a he's an interesting guy. Uh, Ali is a he's a literal communist, um, but uh, he's he's also a philosophy. I believe he has a master's in philosophy, so he's really well thought out and uh, really articulate. So I like to listen to him for like alternative viewpoints and you know uh, thinking from a way that I can't fathom thinking from mm, so cool. it's really interesting to listen to him and then uh you know blonde obviously cool. from uh Beauty from Matt. Yep. yeah yeah so I mean, that's that's one thing also I've been thinking about lately is that, you know, if you take all the hardcore camps, you know, you got the hardcore libertarians and hardcore communists, <laughs> hardcore fascists, all that shit, whatever it is. The people that I tend to um, disagree with the most are like the hardcore centrists, like because <laughs> everyone else is uh, in the shit is fucked up here camp, which I am, too. Yeah. And, and and I just don't I can't understand like not being in the. Um, not being in the things are messed up. Like, like I couldn't imagine being in the um, the establishment has been okay for twenty five, thirty years, and if yeah. we just keep on doing it, it'll be all right. I'm like, it'll what? work itself out. Like, what <laughs> are you talking about? Like, yeah. So uh, that's the so I I've learned a ton in the last three or four months about um, Marxism, communism, socialism, and you know those people make arguments that I you know bare minimum see where they're coming from but some of them I'm just like man am I starting to be convinced here <laughs> but I uh, <laughs> I'm trying to do it with government though and I'm not down and you know yeah but if you had me in your commune then I don't know like maybe maybe we yeah, could talk yeah. I don't know but um well see that's the thing about communism is it can work in that kind of scale mm -hmm. in a very small communal scale you know 50 100 people most mm -hmm. it can work then Mm. You know, ha having anarchy and having, you know, shared resources that absolutely can work on that scale, but not on the scale of an entire country. Impossible. Mm. Absolutely impossible. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, so unsustainable once resources start running out and, right. you know, if there's uh, different tribes and uh, the complexities of, of life and, and markets are, it's, it's, if you mm -hmm. try to plan it all, it's really, really bad. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. It can go so hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I, oh, yeah. yeah, so I guess we're going to wrap up pretty soon, but I'm just going to ask one more thing. Uh, um, so, uh, you know, so, okay, so here's the first question. If the, if the, um, the vote were held today, who would you vote for, for president? Um, out of the everybody, two camps, everybody, 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 uh, you know, who I would love to see Jesse, the body Ventura. Oh, I would vote for yes. Jesse in a second. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. I would vote for that in a, absolutely. <laughs> in a second. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I would vote for yeah. Jesse, the body. Yeah. 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 Okay. What about someone who's absolutely. current? Is he currently declared or anything? Um, uh, no, no, I believe he's actually living in Mexico right now. I believe that he, I believe <laughs> he just kind of gave up on the US. Yeah. He was just like, <laughs> fuck this. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. 
That, he was staunchly anti-Trump. Yeah, so I mean, as soon as he got to office, he's like, "I'm gone. That's it. <laughs> I'm on this side of the wall now." <laughs> I mean, th- that was kind of the first. Uh, that was the first political figure that I might have paid attention to in my life. Like, I remember I was 13 or 14 and hearing Je- <laughs> a, a wrestler one. Uh, the governor of Minnesota. Yeah. I was like, oh, really? Like Jesse the Body? You know, like, yeah, you know, uh, Kane won right. uh, mayor in He's Tennessee. He's a mayor, right? He's yeah. a mayor, yeah. Wow, yeah. Kane. It's crazy, right? Yeah. And, you know, people have, ta- you, people have joked about The Rock running for years now. and I know, can see it. Yeah. I yeah. can see it happening, yeah. What about, okay, so what I mean, about. I wouldn't vote for him, but. You, you know. wouldn't, yeah. I mean, no. I don't, you know, I, I tend to not, if they're out of Hollywood, I'm just like, mm. I don't know yeah. about that shit. <laughs> uh, what about if you had to vote for a Democrat? Oh, yeah, don't do that to yeah, me. Yeah, I have to. <laughs> I have to. That's fair. I told you mine. Definitely Tulsi Gabbard. That's the only one that I would. I don't know that much about her, to be honest. She's anti-war. Um, She's anti-foreign war. That's the only reason yeah, I would, that's, I would that's go a, with That's her. a plus. Yeah. That's a plus in my book. Um, mm, I'm going to have to go with Robert on here uh, with this one and say uh, Andrew Yang. Yeah. I want that $1,000 a month. If I have to if I have to vote Democrat, I'm yeah. going to get bribed for it. I'm going to get paid for it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Let it all just crumble then. <laughs> yeah, I, I tend to not, you know, I tend to like really hold the line for a while when I say I'm, I'm not open to something or I'm so like for anyone other than any Democrat other than uh, Tulsi and Yang, you would have to really convict like a sustained yeah. assault on my on my uh, a sustained and convincing assault over like a two month period for, mm-hmm. for me to believe anything these people are saying, especially Bernie, man, that dude is as oh, yeah. much of a politician, as much of a liar as, as anybody else. And people fall for it. And, you know, it's cause shit's yeah. fucked up, man. It's cause things are messed up. And it's why that, that well, works. He plays to the right, you know, crowd. We talked earlier about, you know, people not wanting to take personal responsibility well, he says it's not your fault, right? He's constantly like, you know, oh, we have all this student debt. You know, the system is rigged. The system is, you know, ridiculous. The system did this to you. No, you did that to you when you signed on the dotted line. You know, you did that. Yeah. But he's telling them it's not their fault, and that appeals to a lot of people. Right. I mean, yeah, so I, that's one of the things I've actually, I've actually replied to Bernie and other uh, Democratic <laughs> candidates. You know, if you like, and I'm serious about this, if you just involved one sentence about personal choice, I would listen. I mean, like what the way that yeah. these politicians frame it, they frame it like an on off switch. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not looking for my own on off switch. I'm not looking for them to be like, OK, so it's all your fault. You know, it, it, there are some systemic things going on if they just frame, yeah. framed it in terms of a pie chart. Rather than an on-off switch, I would actually listen, but right. they don't. They they they're playing a game, and well, that's the thing yeah. is, yeah, they really can't uh, in the modern you know political climate. They really can't come up, get, stand up on the stage and be like, "It's your fault." Mm. Now vote for me. Mm. You know what I mean? Like the, the, it just it wouldn't work for them. Mm. You know, when people would be like, "Well, screw you. I'm not going to vote for you now." You know what I mean? So it, yeah. it's they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place, and you know, supposing they wanted to you know, try and talk about personal responsibility. I would would love that. I mean, yeah. Do you think, so do you think, I mean, it's, there's, you know, there's, there's better ways to do it than just being like, it's your fault. I mean, that absolutely wouldn't play, but do you think that someone would gain, I mean, even Trump wasn't like Trump played to that too. Like he, he played a lot to the, you got screwed uh, crowd. I mean, it's not the same side of the crowd, but do you think there Mm -hmm. is any traction to be gained by being the, the personal choice 
personal decision making candidate in the uh, modern day? I mean, it hasn't it hasn't worked out for Ron or Rand Paul so yeah. far. Yeah, you know. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what there is. Yeah, because I mean, you know, they they speak that. You know, they speak all the you know all the correct libertarian you know talking points, but people don't want to hear it, unfortunately. Wow. You know, I mean, yeah, you were right about you know Trump, uh, but instead of blaming like the system. He just blamed Democrats, yeah. right? He'd just say, you know, oh well, you know, Hillary Clinton did China, this, you know, you know, and that's Hillary. the reason why he supported Bernie. I didn't support Bernie, but the reason why he was like, you know, poor Bernie, right? Mm. Look what they did. Look what they did to Bernie, which they did, but it was, you know, he's giving sympathy to Bernie in order to get some of his his disenfranchised voters on his side, which a lot of them did. Got me. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was, I was Bernie camp. I, I yeah, never really I voted. Looked... I voted for Bernie in the primaries. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, <laughs> I'm not I, proud of it, but no. I'm not gonna, you know, deny it. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I just came from the the like I said earlier, the shit is fucked up camp, and uh, yeah. it's you know, once I looked into big government, though, I was like, oh, and I mm-hmm. didn't go full Trump, but I, you know, essentially abstained by voting for Gary Johnson. You know, same. Also voting yeah. in D.C. <laughs> and I think Libertarian got less than one percent of the vote. Uh, uh, he got three percent. Gary Johnson got uh, three. Per- oh, you mean one percent in Washington? In D.C. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, was, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say, was... yeah. I think he got three percent nationwide. Nice. Okay, but yeah. more than has been in recent years. Yeah. So. Well, man, a lot of people weren't happy. Yeah, <laughs> like, and and even him, he was a supremely flawed candidate. And um, oh yeah, yeah. I I kind of agree with you that you know one of the best things we could do is get a, get rid of this uh, two party system. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not even a law; it's just a norm. And it, it, you know, it doesn't say anywhere that it has to be two parties. And um, it says in writing that we have a, have a bicameral legislation, so that you know that's two houses. But um, right, which is know, not the same. Not the same <laughs> at all. And you know, it's just yeah. you know, you know, there are benefits to binary thinking. It makes it simpler. Um, well, yeah, and that's really bad. I mean, yeah, it's, it's not good to have simple thinking. Yeah, you know, you you really need to consider all the angles. That's why I, I always advocate for. Uh, learning as much about as you uh, well, learning as much about the, your opposing views mm. than or as you can uh, because I, I believe that if you can't make the argument from the other side against your own arguments, then you have no business believing what you believe because they're born from a place of ignorance. Mm. And so you really need to be able to make the other argument, you know, at all times, which is why I said, I think at the beginning of the show, is I love playing devil's advocate. I right. love, you know, taking the other side. It's a lot of fun for me, and it's a fun mental exercise. You know, it really makes you think about your own opinions and how they can be defeated. Wow, yeah, that's, that's yeah, people <laughs> should, if you can't explain, like, you, if you can't explain your own, you know, an idea to someone else, and then if you can't explain the, the counterpoint, it's... You got some work to do. It doesn't mean you're wrong. I mean, people no. do know stuff intuitively and, you know, they can get you can get to the r- the right place from an emotional level. But it's you just have some work to do if you're trying to convince other people and go, you mm-hmm. know, full, you know, see the thing through to the end, so to speak, you know. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so I think we're going to wrap up here. Um, I invite everyone out there to check out the generational gap on YouTube. Why don't you plug your stuff and uh, tell people where they can find you? Uh, yeah, so we do uh, kind of a news show on uh, Fridays at 8.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time. And we do uh, a shooting the shit where we just kind of – we will have guests on and we'll just you know talk to each other in the chat about random things. That's uh, Mondays at 9 p.m. Eastern. 
Uh, you can find us at Twitter on uh, at the uh, GenGapP. And uh, we have a Discord server as well in the description of all of our videos. So uh, definitely check, them, check us out live. Check out the Discord server. Check out Twitter. And uh, we'll see you there. Cool. And I have all that stuff. I don't have your uh, your Discord server linked in the show notes, but I have the yeah, YouTube and the Twitter. And I definitely – people should check out that server. It gets fun. It gets spicy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons that, uh, you know, not one, you know, I've been planning to have you on for a while, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned the other day when things got a little spicy in the, in the server that like, that's how you want it. You don't want to promote an yeah. echo chamber. And that's really, I really, yeah. lo- I really love that. Like that's if, if, if that was the standard people just held themselves to Twitter, no matter yeah. the size, you know, you're down to the smallest discord server that would get a little more done, I guess, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Cool, y'all. All right, so that was Call Me Ignorant, everybody. I want to thank everyone who checked us out today and for the ones that check us out after today. Um, this will be uploaded to YouTube and BitChute later, and also we'll hit uh, Spotify and Apple uh, Podcasts whenever. I think I might be still in review on the Apple one, but I should get through there. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for coming to Call Me Ignorant. You can catch my stream, The Daily Ignoramus, every weekday. Follow me on Twitter at IgnoramusSteve. Send me an email at StephenIgnoramus at gmail.com. I am Stephen Ignoramus. My guest tonight was John from The Generational Gap. Go inform yourselves.